Hello and welcome to the Generation Gap show here with me, Clive, and with Hannah this week. And Hannah, we're going to talk all about holidays. How about that? Uh, yeah, fantastic. Good morning, Clive. Good morning. Right. So um, I think one of the things here, obviously in the Generation Gap, we try and sort of uh, compare our views and attitudes from different generations. And I think there's probably quite a gap now between young people like you on what a holiday actually is, what it means, or the word means, I suppose, um, and some older people like me because um, of the different opportunities we've had as we've grown up to go on holiday. So um, I think the initial thing I would say is obviously when I was young, holidays meant basically piling into a car with my parents driving off somewhere probably to um, a local sort of beach resort somewhere um, not not quite south end although I did go to south end a lot because some of my relatives live there Um, but also um, you know we could go in the car to uh, further further afield places we went to Scotland Wales and so on like that and down to Devon I remember Um, Mm. and then eventually later on when I was sort of teenage age which is, I guess, in the 70s, we could drive across to the continent. So one of the things I think about um, holiday for me, really some interesting holidays when I was growing up, was really that beginning where we'd drive down to Dover, wait in a big queue, then get on one of those uh, ferries and drive the car onto the ferry, drive across the other side, and suddenly you're in France and you're driving on the wrong side of the road, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's, I think that's probably the overriding image for me. Now, uh, what about you? What's your sort of overriding image, perhaps, of your holidays when you were young? Uh, definitely not far off from that. Um, I remember kind of what decided where we went was definitely somewhere where my parents had been in the past. So um, kind of learning about what where they went and what they got up to um, as children. Like um, my, uh, my mum, her grandmother had a house in Devon. Um, so I went to Devon a couple of times when I was younger. Um, and um, then... I did start kind of going abroad a lot younger. I actually can't remember the first time I went abroad. I was probably so young. Um, but it was just kind of the basis of, um, you know, what's uh, what's flying out of Luton, uh, which is near where I live. And then that kind of decided where we went. But um, no, um went to Spain a couple of times uh, when I was uh, when I was younger and uh, down the West Coast in the UK, um, which, is, uh, which is lovely, yeah. Right, I mean... That's the other thing. I mean, when I suppose I was probably an early teenage age, my parents bought a beach hut down in a um, place in, in Essex. Lovely. And it was lovely. And of course, as a younger child, playing on the beach and you know playing in the sand and so on was enough to occupy me and my sister all the time. We were perfectly happy with that. But as you get to sort of teenage age, it was, oh, no, we don't want to go there again. Goodness. And I think <laughs> now at my age now, I'd actually love to still have that place. <laughs> it would be really nice. And certainly yeah. this year, when we're probably going to be confined largely to the UK for holidays anyway, having your own little beach hut on the beach would be a rather nice thing to do. Although the difference was we were allowed to sleep there, so we could go down there and stay for a, a week, say. Whereas I don't think many places these days with beach huts allow you to sleep there. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. No, no. <laughs> really, I haven't really heard of. <laughs> not allowed to sleep there. What? <laughs> well, no. It's, it's it's really for. I suppose it's people who live relatively nearby go there for the day. That's the idea. But right. Okay. Um, and I suppose. I mean, maybe the rules these days. What you'd have to have in a hut for um, it being suitable accommodation to stay there. I don't know. That may be different. Um, it's not really any different to having a caravan or something, as far as I can see. But anyway, that's one of those things. And in fact, we did have a caravan as well. So when um, I was sort of uh, probably more, not quite your age, but sort of 
late teens, mm. um, we had a caravan. And I do remember one amazing holiday where we went with uh, my uncle and aunt and, and uh, their children, my cousins, and also another uncle and aunt. So there were three sort of cars in a convoy, which actually had two caravans. And we, we actually drove all the way across Europe to what was then Yugoslavia, because oh um, one of my aunts had relatives in Yugoslavia. It's now basically Slovenia right yeah and this was the first time I think that we could do that because until then the the sort of because it was a communist controlled country it was actually very hard to get in there but because one of us basically my aunt was from that country she managed to sort of get permission as it were and so we were able to drive in there so it was really quite an adventure and I think you know these days if I said you go to Slovenia or Croatia you think well you know as you say get on a plane in Luton and fly there and there in a couple of hours so what (laughs) um this was quite an adventure. And we went for like three and a half weeks, I think it was, to get there and all the rest of it. Well, not, not to get there, but you know, we spent a lot of time driving around there and so on. And we stayed with um, various relatives who all had amazingly large houses, oddly. They, they mm. lived on farms and things like that. So we were able to park up sort of two caravans and three cars. And we had these strange Western cars and the people there had never seen things like this. And the children literally came and sort of queued up to look at our cars. It was really oh, astonishing. Like- yeah, I'm not talking... kind of, I was going to say, you see that kind of thing in Top Gear when they're like, travelling around the world and stuff. I suppose it was a bit like that. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm talking, I suppose, 1970s, early 1970s, sometime like that. Not not ancient history, or at least not to me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think, obviously, in the 1970s, it was when they started having um, basically cheaper air flights because we had aeroplanes you could put more people on. And then also it was package tours, so you paid for... Uh, a holiday which was basically the the journey there a flight and then obviously a hotel and that's when of course the big boom started in going off to places like Spain and France and Italy I suppose Mm. um, for beach holidays and I think that's the overriding image for so many people these days still you go there and spend some time basically hanging around laying on the beach I'm not sure that well I've never that's never really appealed to me obviously during a holiday spending a, a, an afternoon or a day or something on a beach is fine but I really wouldn't want to do that for two weeks I don't know perhaps you're different uh, yeah I can't say doing uh, the same thing like that every day um I, I guess when I try and go to places um just try and go to as many of like sort of surrounding towns and uh try and soak up as much as the life um as I can in that two weeks. Um, I, I guess I quite like seeing, um, you know, learning a new perspective um, of uh, people in a different place. Um, even something just as like, you know, I live in the east of England, going to the west of England, like how, what young people kind of their first jobs and what um, they're doing in that part of the country as it's so tourism related um, and stuff like that. So it's just, um, yeah, I do try and go around uh, and, uh, explore the place as much as I can I mean I think I don't think it's just because I'm older now but obviously I do quite like if I go to somewhere interesting and different and new to me um, I do like to sort of pick up some of the historical things and I but I haven't actually been to some of the really historical places like Greece and I keep meaning to say that's on my list I must get there one day Mm. but I mean for example a few years ago we went to Malta and Malta's really interesting I have to say you know obviously it's very good uh, associations with this country because at one point it was one of our colonies effectively mm. um, and their history of being invaded by every single person you can think of or every country <laughs> is quite interesting the but um, <laughs> well they're just sitting in the middle of the Mediterranean a small island and um, yeah 
I mean, they've got big harbours, and that, that's why, of course, the British were there um, for a long time, and the, the French and everybody else was trying to get there because it was a good place to sort of put a lot of ships um, to um, p- keep them all together safely, presumably, uh, in the middle of the Mediterranean. In the days we wanted to rule the Mediterranean, perhaps we did, I don't know. <laughs> it's ambitious. <laughs> well, quite. And, and so the history there is any number of battles with this country and that country and all the rest of it. And the plucky Maltese obviously were uh, invaded, but then chucked out the invaders later and all that sort of stuff. And it was really interesting to go around and look at all these places and the, the buildings and so on. And it, I just really, really found it really interesting place to go. Did quite a lot of walking, even though it was 30 something degrees all the time, which was very hot. <laughs> No, I do like going on a walk when I'm on holidays. Um, speaking of historical stuff, um, I think uh, two years ago, I think it was the year before COVID. Um, it was the first holiday I went on with my partner and his family, and um, it was to uh, to Camber Sands in uh, in Hastings, um, East Sussex or oh, West. I know Sussex. where it is. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, and um, funny enough, my parents have been there um, uh, as well. So, um, and uh, what did I go and see? It was the is the sound mirror. And it was a some kind of communicating device. It was a huge sound dish, and kind of um, uh, working in audio myself and working in music. It was um, very interesting. Um, uh, just this huge dish was um, used to like warn uh, to to warn this space that um, I think either like an enemy was nearby um, or something like that. And um, that was a really cool walk. Yeah. Well, if you ever go down to um, Falmouth in Cornwall, you can see either side of the the harbour there. There's mm. big castles built by Henry VIII, basically to stop the the French or the Spanish coming in. Of course, it was the time of the Armada and all the rest of it. Right, and, and that sort of place is interesting. But they had a, a communication system like that between the. It was probably only three or four miles, but they had mirrors and things uh, to to be able to warn each other from the castle. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, just um, you know. Cause... You just think, how does something not digital um, <laughs> work as to as a warning? It was uh, it's just very interesting. Flags, mirrors, all sorts of things being used. Fires, <laughs> yeah. smoke. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so the other thing is, I mean, when I was about fifteen, I think I went to Germany on, a, on an exchange visit organised by the sort of Twin Town Association, and I do remember that because that's the first time I'd really been on a holiday by myself, and obviously I stayed with the family in Germany who all spoke fluent English, obviously, mm. <laughs> um, whereas my German wasn't quite up to that. Although I had been learning German at school, so I was able to at least do a bit of that. Um, yeah. But that was really interesting. And as you say, I think the first time I spent time with a family, I was there a couple of weeks, I think, uh, finding out a sort of really different way of life and so on. And I think that was probably the sort of turning point for when I started going on holidays myself or with, with friends um, across the continent. And I, I drove, I think, when I was just learned to drive, so I was probably about 19, and I drove with some friends in my car, which was quite small at the time, and we went up to Harwich and got on a ferry to Norway and then oh, drove, wow. around, drove around in Norway and Sweden. And that was really interesting, and I remember that very well as being quite you know hey we can do this we can just go on this ferry and we're in this place which we, nobody's ever heard of much you know not well I, I exaggerate but <laughs> it wasn't a place that people think of as a holiday resort probably even now really um, no, I, I get what you mean but no Norway's a beautiful place I, I hear absolutely yes all those wonderful fjords 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 that's the name of the basic river uh, mouths and the right. mountains and mountains and glaciers around them yeah mm. You didn't know what a fjord was? Ooh. I didn't know. I, I had a feeling I heard it before somewhere from TV, but um, I had to refresh my memory there. 
Okay, well, I won't try and catch you out on those things anyway. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, subsequently for work, I've travelled pretty much around the world for various pl- things uh, and so on. And so obviously um, they're not holidays, but it sort of adds to the fact that if you've been to ho- on holidays and gone to various different uh, other countries and so on, it's quite interesting to then stretch that when you're you're working in places. And um, so that's uh, another thing I think holidays are useful for. Um now, I suppose we ought to talk about the current situation. I mean, we're actually recording this on the day which is the first anniversary of the original lockdown back in the 23rd of March, 2000, 2020, I suppose, I say, not 2020. Yeah. Um, yes. And um, obviously, people have now been a year locked down and in under very strange circumstances for all of us. And we all started thinking really nice to go on holiday and with all the people being vaccinated and so on it looks like you know hey we'll be able to do this Um, but already it's looking like it may not be very easy to go on a foreign holiday and fly off to Spain or Italy or whatever um, because of the situation in those countries rather than in ours although it may also get worse here we don't really know so have you been making any plans for a holiday this year or have you um, not really thought about it perhaps (laughs) Um, definitely not on a broad one. I've definitely thought about it um, for sure. Um, I think in 2019, two years ago, um, I went on my first holiday like with my friends, um, where we kind of uh, kind of broke up into pairs or threes and kind of booked our own hotels and um, and, and did all that. So we're very keen to do that again. Um, hopefully, obviously, one in the UK. Um, probably going to do Norfolk, um, maybe. But um, that's that's as far as that goes. With my family, I'm not too sure i think um last year they, they planned we've got some friends in spain in, uh, in north spain about three hours from the border and um hopefully um uh go on a family holiday with them but uh that's as far as that goes really it's all hopefully yeah i think the problem is of course that there's, there's two things one is that a lot of people here always regard um a holiday means going abroad um and so Many of them probably have never travel around around this country very much, and I mean, there's an awful lot to um, really go around this country and see different places. Um, there's a lot to see and lots of coastal areas you might not think of, and so on. For example, mountains, lots of nice walking country, in you know, a place like say North Wales is fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I think last year when things had calmed down a little bit, um, I think my partner's got some family uh, in Cornwall and um, the coastline there is absolutely stunning <laughs> especially when the weather's lovely um i think i went to a place called um called boss castle oh yes um, I know. yeah quite famous famously um a very big flood there um years ago I, I don't know how long ago but um it's just interesting on different buildings you can see like green markers which kind of show how high the water got um and it's absolutely crazy but really beautiful place Yes, I think they've left them there deliberately for that purpose. Cause yeah. <laughs> it's a story. Yeah, yeah, of course. And did you go to Tintagel when you were there as well? Because that's obviously the famous castle there with a, a scary walkway. I, I think they kept talking about it. I can't remember if we actually went. I know we went to Bodmin Moors and yeah. um, climbed there. And there was those wild horses, which was very um, strange to me. I, for some reason, didn't think you could get wild horses. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where you would have got them from. But, oh, um, yes, they're, they're really true. And, of course, they've got the ponies if you go to Dartmoor and nearby and so on. Yeah, I mean, well, I think one of the problems for this this year probably is the same thing again, that, that Cornwall is basically the most popular place by miles for people to go on holiday in the UK. Mm. And um, if you've been there 
presumably when you drove there, um, you'll have yeah. found that, that driving there is quite an interesting experience, especially the oh, first time. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, I, I actually had my first experience of being a um, passenger seat um, navigator. And um, my, my boyfriend had only, um, he'd recently got his license. He'd had it for about a year, but this was the longest journey he'd ever been on. So you've got me, who um, unfortunately can't drive at all and hasn't done this journey. And um, he was still insistent that um, I use the map for some reason. I was both 19 and I was just like, just use my phone. Why do you want me to use the map? But, well, um, I mean, it's actually yeah. quite easy. I could, I mean, give you directions to Cornwall. It's dead easy. You go on the A303 yes. from the M25 and you just keep going. <laughs> I was going to say, he was very good at writing it down. It got, it was good until we got off the M4. <laughs> I yes, was just I'm, looking at this map. I said, do I have to turn right somewhere? But do I need a roundabout? Do I just, is there a cross junction? What am I looking for? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's two ways of getting there. And the M4 down to Exeter or, and the other road down to Exeter is, quite good yeah and obviously, that's where we went yeah. yeah okay that's the faster way but if you go on the a303 it's it's a journey i mean it's such an interesting journey that there was actually a, a documentary made of just the a303 and you know going all the way from basically london right down to cornwall on the, the roads through that yeah and it takes hours and hours and hours and hours oh. <laughs> <laughs> i bet yeah and if you try and do it obviously in the summer it takes even more hours. I think my record was I got there in just over six hours once. That's but, good. That yes, it was. <laughs> but other times it's been more like nine. Um, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But it's worth it when you get there. It's a lovely, lovely place. Um, the trouble is if sort of 20 million people decide to go down there in August this year, it's going to be a bit busy. It's just, it's just a tad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway. So, I mean, I think what, what we've sort of – focused on though really to some extent is that the idea of going on holiday in the UK is certainly about going down to a seaside isn't it and we we've got plenty of seaside because we're an island yes yes absolutely yeah I think you mentioned Norfolk I mean I would recommend Norfolk as well that's a really nice place it's very flat of course which is the famous thing all right everybody knows about it mm. um, it's not entirely flat but it, it looks very flat it's a bit like if you've seen all those movies in America of you know when you go through the, the great plains and you you just see the a road stretching off into the horizon it's oh, like yeah, that yeah. but obviously in Corm- oh, sorry in Norfolk the um, roads aren't straight like that they um, tend to go a bit sort of wiggly around where the, the fields are and so on so it's not quite the same vista but it's the same sort of thing the road disappearing off into the distance for mm. miles and you, you have a big open sky and all that sort of thing it's oh, wow. very 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 nice mm. sounds it yeah and if you like seafood it's a place to go oh nice yeah no i love seafood especially things like crabs and things like that which are that great. is one thing i haven't tried um everyone raves about it and um crab sandwich <laughs> can't beat it oh crab sandwich i will make a note of that crab and cucumber that's the best one. Oh, lovely yeah. Noted. Very much noted. <laughs> okay, so there you are. Uh, yeah, and, and Norfolk is great, and it's got loads of seaside places, and you can just drive around the coast from one to the other to the other to the other, and that sort of thing. Um, but I suppose you probably need to be booking places now. We can be adventurous and go camping. How about that? <laughs> I think that did come up. Um, we were thinking of maybe like a chalet kind of a thing, but no, uh, I, I don't know how my friends would feel about camping, but it's all, it's all um, up for discussion now, as you can imagine. <laughs> Well, you can take a tent. It's easy. The tents these days are fantastically easy to put up. <laughs> right, okay. used to be, you know, there used to be one like a sort of um, one of those, um, you know, buy a shelf from IKEA or something and have all the parts laid out on a map and work out how to put it all together. Right. Tents used to be like that, but they're not now. They're dead easy to put up. Right. Okay. 
I think our generation still struggles with that. We still <laughs> we find something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not just the tent; that's the obvious thing. But it's, it's all the other stuff you need. You need a cooking stove and some pots and pans and a water bottle and all sorts Toilet. of other stuff. <laughs> well, if you go to a proper campsite, they do have those generally. I mean, well, they're always, of course, they do. It's gonna, they do, yeah, they sound delightful though. <laughs> they <do. laughs> well. That's actually that's an interesting point we haven't discussed. I mean, certainly in the, the days when we were going with a caravan on the continent, it was a bit of a joke that some countries were really rather primitive, shall we say, with the facilities they offered. Right. But but you went to somewhere like Germany or Switzerland, and of course they were all super duper modern and clean and very efficient. Right. Um, as you would expect. I mean, Switzerland particularly. I remember the first time we were traveling around on the continent. You think, wow, this is an amazing place. Everything was just clean, sparkling, and worked perfectly. Mm. Um, and they were just way ahead of that sort of thing now. But to be fair now, I think most campsites in this country and on most countries you go to, you know, abroad uh, here for, you know, France, Spain, Italy and whatever, are all pretty decent. And I've camped in various ways around pretty much it, most countries in Europe, I think, including in the East. And, um, you know, mm. they are they are pretty good, actually. Highly recommend. Right, Yeah. <laughs> and when you're young, so your bones don't sort of ache so much when you're laying on the ground sleeping. <laughs> yes. Do what I can. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that sorted you out then for this year. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you could learn to drive, but I wouldn't suggest it's a really thing you want to do very quickly because um, <clears throat> my daughter's... Um, got to the point where she could pass a test she did take one and not quite manage but now there's a backlog of i think about three hundred and fifty thousand people waiting to have um, oh, driving tests goodness yeah it's, it's absolutely ridiculous <laughs> that's going to take an awful long time to clear so um, that'll that'll keep the roads a bit quieter i suppose yeah i'm tempted to hopefully be a bit patient but um, you know certain family members want me to get a move on <laughs> Well, you, you can just tell them that you've read about this and you know that within a few years' time there'll be cars which are completely automatic and you just get in them and say, take me to Cornwall, and it'll yes. just take you there and wake you up when it when you got there. That is what I'm waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and on the way you can watch six films on the in-flight in, in um, entertainment system, obviously. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so... Um, have you got a sort of dream holiday? You won't be able to do it this year or you probably won't be able to afford it for a while anyway, but Ooh. what sort of places do you think you would really like to go to? Oh, that is a good question. Um, well, uh, the people who may have listened to the show um, previously, it's just, uh, I'm studying music right now and um, electronic music is um, is a big part of my life. And um, a lot of places in mainland Europe really treasure it and have that kind of culture, but um, the Netherlands and um, Amsterdam in particular is very much a founding nation of um, certain styles of uh, electronic music and um, so many of my idols uh, come from there so I'd um, I'd love to explore um, the Netherlands and Amsterdam. Okay well when things open up you can um, just get a train there now because you can get a train directly from um, St Pancras to um, uh, Amsterdam. Yes I did hear of that and uh, yeah a, a night out there is um is getting a lot easier now so i'm very happy about that <laughs> well i think last time i went to netherlands um basically we took a ferry from probably harwich and that's the equally easy way of doing it so it's it's pretty easy and of course it's, it's very close i mean it's much closer from here to amsterdam than it is to scotland say or even wales i think probably. 
Yeah, was, um, you know, like you said, there is the train, but, you know, flying there is like really cheap as well. Um, so a couple of interviews of um, English DJs who are now um, residents in Amsterdam saying it's just you can just go back and forth as um, as much as you like. It's um, it's, a, it's a good commute. <laughs> I thought actually sort of um, the big live music scene again when it comes back I thought is as much in sort of North Germany places like Hamburg and so on yeah and, and also the sort of Baltic places like um, uh, Denmark as well I believe I thought they were into that sort of stuff but I, I obviously don't pretend to know the sort of music <laughs> scene that you do um, <laughs> certainly a lot of the festivals are in in the sort of northern northern Europe yeah yeah um, although the, yeah the UK um there's a uh, in London especially um that they've managed to outsource quite a lot of uh, European talents and uh they, they definitely make a stop um here yeah yeah okay but I, I'm a bit sort of thinking that's not quite as ambitious as I hoped you'd say you'd say you want to go to South America or <gasps> Australia or something like that yeah it's, it, yeah that yeah sure you know if I had the the chance I, I probably uh I probably would but you know you can't I can't talk about Australia for some reason without people bringing up, you know, horror stories of the animals and the, the insects and stuff, which just makes me go a bit. Ugh. I, I know why that is. That's because people have all read Bill, Bill Bryson's book about Australia. Right. He's totally fascinated by how many different things there are there that can kill you. Oh God. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but i'm I mean, sure it's lovely i've heard so many um, good things about australia we had um had a girl that transferred to our school when i was in secondary school come from australia and you know just <laughs> very healthy very nice skin very pretty and it's just like australia can't be that bad then <laughs> it's lovely but obviously yeah. i mean the thing is that nearly everyone in australia lives in about six or seven cities and they're basically cities like anywhere else in the world. Um, right. And somewhere like Sydney is basically quite like London or, or Dublin or somewhere like that because it was built in the same sort of era. Right. Um, and um, so, you know, most people live in cities and they don't really have the sort of problems. If you go out into effectively the jungle, then obviously <laughs> you, you'll meet all sorts of things and creatures that you might not want to meet. Well, um, yeah. But uh, it's not exactly something that most people would do other than for occasional trips. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, they'll tell you the beaches are wonderful, except for the man-eating sharks. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, yeah, they do have the occasional shark attack. It's just as they do in America, in California and places. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things you have to learn your statistics and percentages. If the chances of that happening to you are one in 20 million or something, it's not really a big issue, is it? I was going to say a jellyfish sting in Cornwall isn't sounding too bad now. <laughs> no, no. Well, that's right. I mean, these <laughs> it depends how you, how you treat your life. It's glass half empty or glass half full thing, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would recommend Australia, but obviously that's a very long trip. Um, and um, so I've heard. <laughs> yeah, it, well, I think it's pretty much a twenty-four hour trip on an aeroplane, basically. Mm, yeah, no, that's a, that is a long, long way. <laughs> yeah, but one day you'll get your chance. I hope, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'd definitely take it if I had the chance. Um, I think another place, kind of, since I'm very involved in like audio technology, a, a place where that's like, crafted um, very well is uh, is Japan. Um, which, uh, you know, I I thought would be an interesting place to go to one day. I'm sure it would. I've never, never actually been to Japan. I've been to China, right? But, which is 
sort of not quite next door. I mean, when you get to Asia, you have these things. You think, look on the map, you know, like Australia to New Zealand, I'll pop over there, and then you discover it's 2,000 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you to learn your map scales. <laughs> but even flying across Australia, I remember taking a five-hour journey and thinking, how can it, how long does it take to get there? There's oh, always wow. five hours, you know. Because, well, Australia is basically the same size as the United States. In, in sort of, If you take it off the map and put it on top of the United States, it's actually the same size. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you live on, you forget how small the UK is. It's, it's insane. Exactly. Yes, yes. Well, you meet those American tourists who come here and say, oh, hey, I've come here and I've got three days in London. I want to pop over to Edinburgh for the day, you know. Yeah. You say, mm, might be a bit tricky. Well, it's only 400 miles. What's the problem? You know, it's just a quick drive. My God. It's a different world. <laughs> it is really. Okay. Well, look, Hannah, um, that's really good. I think... Um, I'm not sure we've both been uh, sort of enthusiastic about holidays this year because it clearly is going to be uh, an issue, but um, it doesn't mean we can't actually enjoy ourselves in this country. And I think actually for a lot of people, it would be actually a good um, experience for them to find out how many really nice places there are in this country to go on holiday. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, um, it'll be a big help to um, those places as well, just um, help um get business up and running again i can't imagine how people in these locations are um are coping right now so um it would be fantastic when people can um can move amongst the country at least yeah i do recall time sitting on a harbour side in cornwall eating a pasty <laughs> and drinking a beer and Lovely. Thinking, that's just that's it really basically we didn't really even talk about food did we i mean that's one of the other big things about traveling basically you know sampling the different foods and, and things and, and obviously the different drinks and things like that these days i was gonna say yeah sampling the alcohol definitely <laughs> i was trying not to sort of push you into that but yes <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember you know, going to Spain. I, I definitely got hooked on a calamari, which is like a deep fried squid rings. Yes, I don't <laughs> like that. See, I don't like that. I must admit. I, but um, yeah, that's fair enough. A lot of people do find it kind of a bit rubbery. I don't know. It's just because I like it because they cover it in butter and garlic mayonnaise and stuff like that. But, um, no, it's um, yeah. I definitely would like to try some more um, stuff when I when I when I go away. <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, look, thanks very much for this discussion. I think um, we've um, run around it a little bit now and um, it's nice to hear from you again. And um, I'm sure we can speak again shortly. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. And um, right. So this has been the Generation Gap here on Radio Verulam. And um, you can listen to the podcast on radioverulam.com forward slash podcast. And um, it's really been uh, nice to speak to Hannah again. And uh, if you want to uh, listen out again, watch out for our future podcasts, which will all be on the same place. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Thank you.